Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. There's many different doctrinal issues that they say is non-essentials, has nothing to do with salvation. Yet every scripture in the Word of God has to do with salvation. That's the reason it said search the scriptures, not just one scripture, search the scriptures and then you think you have eternal life. We do everything we can to read the Word of God for these exceedingly great and precious promises that's given to us that we might be made protectors of His divine nature. And we have to understand that the Word of God is a spiritual book. It's the only uh, life book there is. Now, there's other spiritual books that goes into the occult. They summon spirits up there uh, that are against God or in lieu of God, and they promise peace. Uh, they promise security and safety, but there's only one that gives life, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at various uh, religions around the world, they all have some kind of creed that they all adhere to and obey, but yet Christianity is the only religion say you don't have to obey it. It's just a simple gift, and you ask Jesus to come into your heart. You can live any way you want to, do anything you want to do, but you're saved. And that's the reason why that when you go to just about every passing or a funeral, that they're going to put everyone in heaven. It's not going to be straightforward. And, of course, you want to say the good things, and you want to be a comfort to those uh, that have passed on and to the families. That's only natural. But we have this conception that everybody goes to heaven, and that is just not the case. One of the doctrinal issues that they say has absolutely nothing to do with salvation is the doctrinal statements of pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, amillennial, post-millennial, preterism, partial preterism, all of these different doctrines that they say, well, we don't fall out over them. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and it's going to all pan out. The pan out doctrine. That any old way goes and then God doesn't expect you to hit the mark. The mark in, in all truth, in every truth of the word of God. There are many different crossroads. There are many different avenues that we can take. And each one is a crossroad that we must take and be led of the Holy Ghost in order to hit the mark. The Holy Ghost is the leader. We are simply obeying and following the leading of the Holy Ghost. We yield to that. We yield our spirit, our will, our volition to the Holy Ghost. That's the reason we pray. We pray to align our will up with the will of God and not the will of the flesh. Then we have to act on that. And your actions, the works prove what you are. If you bear fruit, well, well done. If you do not, then it's depart from me, you, work, you that work iniquity. Lawlessness, you didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. So every individual promise of God is essential to salvation, number one. Secondly, Paul, as well as Jesus, uh, all the apostles, stated that we are to reach perfection. Jesus stated it in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven. Now, we're told from just about every organization and denomination 
in the world, that's not necessary. You can't come unto perfection. You can't be fully mature. Uh, you can be a baby and still enter heaven. You can uh, uh, just stay on milk forever, even though you get rickets. And you cannot grow anymore because you've been on milk so long that you can't have and eat meat of the word. And we're told that's okay. You've got heaven made anyway. That's not what Jesus stated. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we have the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. And that states very simply, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, Jesus said that in the days of his flesh. There, he did not trust in flesh at all, though he's in a body of flesh. He only obeys the leading of God. What he sees the Father do, that's what he does. But that servant that he is, the man, is chosen of God. We see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen. You chose him? Well, how can that be you if you chose him? Well, that's what the Trinity pastors do not get and do not understand the Godhead. And because of that, they viewed out Hewn out cisterns that can hold no water. They're clouds with no rain. Trees twice plucked up by the roots. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Every spirit out there will claim to be uh, good. There's God's many and Lord's many. But to us that believe, there's only one Lord God. But the silly men that have crept in, these certain men that have crept in unawares that were foreordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, denying the only Lord God. The Lord Jesus Christ, in his revealing of himself, reveals us through the body of Christ unto perfection, not just a newborn baby, not just little children, and certainly not just stopping at young men. We have to grow up to be fathers. In other words, knowing him that's from the beginning, as stated in John's epistle, 1 John 2, 12-14. We have to come unto perfection, unto full maturity, because Jesus, when he comes, the second advent, will present to himself not a baby church, not just a bunch of children that are still just off the milk bottle, He's going to present to himself a glorious church without spot, without blemish, perfect in all of, all of her ways. This bride that hath made herself ready and anything short of that is not going. Now that's a hard statement to make and very few believe that. But he gave us a five-fold ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to full maturity. But most of the denominations go through their seminaries teaching their ministers, you'll never be perfect. As long as you're in the flesh, you'll never be perfect. Well, in a sense, that's true because you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that Christ dwelleth in you. And that is that you obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. If you walk in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't walk in the flesh. You will not 
do the deeds of the flesh. For all that do these things shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That stated the 23 things that bring forth death from adultery, fornication, always, all the way on to drunken. No drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of God. All these things are simply crucifying or mortifying the deeds of the flesh simply through obedience, not of any of our righteousness or our holiness, but simply leading of the Holy Ghost and obedience to him. Now, one thing we want to focus on today is they're talking about all the reasons why there's not a post-trib rapture. And they're stating that God will not beat his wife. He won't beat the bride. We're not appointed to the wrath of God. Well, that's true. But that does not mean that we go all the way through to the end of time. That is to the end of the world that Jesus said, I'm with you. You're not out of here before then. He said in Matthew 28, 19, go you into all the world teaching them to observe all what things I've commanded you. All things, not partial truth, all truth. They're teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name. Now, the name is singular. It's of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That revelation was given to Peter. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. He had that revelation of who Jesus is when he said, Who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the rock upon which the church is built. And that rock is Christ, which is every office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is every office of the Spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is Elohim. He is all the Jehovah titles. He is Jehovah Makassadim, uh, Jehovah Tendishkinu, Jehovah Rofika, Jehovah Shalom, uh, Jehovah Jireh. You know what I'm talking about. You studied the Word of God, you know the Jehovah titles, and it's all Jesus. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. Christ is every office of the Spirit. When you have learned Christ and established in that doctrine of Christ that he is God in all offices, then you've been established in the doctrine of Christ. The most needful, essential, critical thing that the body of Christ needs is the teaching and instruction in Christ. That's the bottom line. That's the rock upon which the whole church is built. In those doctrinal statements, we're going to see a leading of the Holy Ghost. Paul tells us in Hebrews 4, Take heed, lest a promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. <clears throat> there remaineth the rest of the people of God. We haven't got it and entered into it yet. It's an eternal rest, an eternal Shabbat, an eternal Sabbath. And that is... Uh, they come entering into the kingdom of heaven. And he said there, be careful, be diligent, uh, that you don't let one promise slip you, that gets by you, 
obey all the scriptures which are able to save us. That's the reason Jesus said, search the scriptures, not just one scripture. Search all the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. From Genesis to Revelation is Jesus. But we don't take that seriously. We think because the pastor told us, well, here's an altar call. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. You felt a tug of the Holy Ghost. And you asked Jesus to come into your heart. Well, you repented, but were you born again? Well, have we searched out the book and read? Not one of these things will fail. We must be born of the water and the spirit. Well, immediately, here we come to a crossroads. Are we going to do that? Are we going to obey that? Well, Mark 16 says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, seminary says, no, that's not necessary. He that believeth and is saved shall be baptized if you want to, and it's not an essential for salvation. Where the only way you can be born of the water is water baptism in the name of Jesus, buried with him in baptism, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. That's the only way taken on the name of Jesus in baptism, buried with him in baptism. That's so that the old man is crucified. And there we see that in Romans 6 through 6, 1 through 4. We see it again in Colossians 10, 2, 10 through 12, that we are complete in him. You have need of nothing else, in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hand in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. The question is, is how? You simply ask Jesus to come into your heart? <clears throat> no, nobody did that. Nobody said, Jesus, come into my heart. There's no scripture for that. He states there, Colossians 2, verse 12, this is by baptism. In the, that faith, by faith, that God raised him from the dead. You have that faith in that God, when raised Jesus from the dead, you are buried with him in baptism. Well, very few believe that because they're not taught that you must be born of the water and the Spirit. Just born of the Spirit. Receive the Holy Ghost with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues, and you're saved. Well, that's just not so. You have to be born of the water and spirit. And the water is that water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll see that in Acts 2.38, Acts 4.12, Acts 8.16, Acts 19, Acts 10. You'll see it with our brother Paul. He's on the Damascus Road. He's seen God, that great light that blinds him. He said, who art thou, Lord? There, he's seen God. He said I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. There he has had the revelation of the name of Jesus. He's told what he is called to do. And he is going to be healed of his blindness after three days. Now here's a man that's gone through all of that. And yet his sins remain. Well, why? Well, he hadn't been baptized, born of the water yet. And even though he seen the Lord, had the revelation of the name Jesus, 
and he knows the call upon his life, and he's healed of blindness. Ananias says unto him, Brother Saul, after all of this, if anyone was saved, he should certainly be saved at that point. But Ananias says to him, Brother Saul, why tarryest thou? Arise, be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Invoke that name, Jesus. Everyone in the word of God was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not one soul was baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Because Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. I'll send the comforter in my name, Jesus said. The Father, that Jesus stated in John 17, Father, I've manifested your name. Keep through your own name those that thou hast given me. What's the name of the Son? Nobody will refute that. Jesus, what's the singular name of the offices of God? Jesus. And every office of God is Christ. Now we're told, well, let's say that you get that. And that you follow the Lord in truth, being born of the water and the spirit. You did repent and you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You're born of the water. And you receive the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. Then the devil will try to overthrow. You'll say, oh, anything else is not essential. It's not necessary. Just go to church, have a good time, have fellowship in a social club and gathering, and you're fine. But that's not the case. We're to grow up into him in all things that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And we find in the latter days that Paul tells us very simply in in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, talking about the coming of our Lord, are gathering together unto him the rapture, that ye be not soon shaken in mind our letter, or from angels, or by letter from us, as at the day of Christ is at hand, are gathering together unto the Lord. The rapture. For that day will not come until there come a falling away first. Now we're told that's not so. That any day the imminent return of Jesus is just any second. Could be any minute. Well, that'd be nice if it were true, but it's simply not true. Because they said first, before we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air, are gathered together unto the Lord Jesus Christ, the Harpazo, the rapture, that there will be a great falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed, who opposeth all that is God or that is worshipped, though that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you, that when I was with you, I told you these things. Only he who now let will let, will restrain until he's moved out of the way. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. They say that's the Holy Ghost. No, it's not. The Holy Ghost is with us. Jesus is with us until the end of the world. Amen. And what is this falling away first? Paul tells us expressly. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days, the latter days, some, not all, but some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils 
having their conscience seared by the hot iron, forbidding to marry, abstaining from meats, which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Well, we're in these troublous times now, perilous times. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, petty, high-minded, truce breakers. They're disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. These are certain men that have crept in unawares, that were ordained to this condemnation ungodly men. What did they do? Denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They do not believe in one God. They believe in one God, the three persons. But there's only one person of God. And if we don't hit that nail, that mark, exactly on that mark, then we miss the mark. And by doing that, this promise has slipped us. And we will not enter into his rest. We have to give the more earnest seed. We have to reverence God. We have to seek God diligently with our whole heart. And when we do, you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You'll be my disciple, disciplined in the things of God. All things, not partial truth, all truth. Well, one of those things there is the rapture, a pre-tribulation rapture that we're going to be somehow caught out of this before there's any tribulation, especially the great tribulation, which is a lie. We know in Acts 3, 20 and 21, the beloved physician Luke telling us that the heavens must receive Jesus. He must stay there until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things. That means things have to be restored. The things of faith. That's what Jews said. Earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What? That Jesus is God, the only Lord God, and there's not another. Well, we denied that. So there is a call from God right now in all the earth to return to the true Lord, the real Jesus. Behold the real Jesus, the true God in eternal life. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He has smitten, he will bind us up. And we said, well, no, the Lord doesn't do that. The devil does that. No, God does it. God does it with the chastening rod and his staff that we will not be condemned with the world. And the path of the just, just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. There's more light that requires us to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost and all truth in all things, and that which is perfect is come, then all these other things which are in part will be done away with. In the Pentecostal move, we saw through a glass darkly, but now we're not seeing through a glass darkly. We're beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We're changing to the same image. That's perfection, full grown. There means we are established in all truth through the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is to lead us and guide us, not into partial truth, but all truth. And when that which is perfect has come, that which is important will be done away with. Then we will know even as we're known of him. And that's not in the sweet by and by. 
That's now. That's in this present truth that God is just revealing the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto us servants, not national, national Israel, the nation of Israel, but the church of the living God. Things which must shortly come to pass. Those things are the things of faith. That's the faith that was once uh, delivered to the saints. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. The signified is the sign, the sealing, which is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. You are my signet. The sign. You see that in Haggai too. Well, there's some basic doctrines that we must hold to be true and are, through the leading of the Holy Ghost, made evident to us according to the work of the ministry, not just the person of Jesus, but we must, must know his work also because we are not only called for the perfecting of the saints, all of us to come to full maturity, but for the work of the ministry. And that's the reason why Jesus in every church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, starts, I know thy works. He's looking for works unto perfection. Show me your faith without your works, James says. I'll show you my faith by my works. Can faith alone save you? The answer is no. Faith without works is dead being alone. So the works that accompany salvation. That is unto perfection. So you add to your faith. That's something we must do. We must add to our faith virtue. Add to our virtue knowledge. Knowledge temperance. Temperance patience. Patience godliness. Godliness brotherly kindness. And finally brotherly kindness unto charity. That's the final perfection. That's the final growth of the body of Christ unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And when that charity has come, then uh, all these things which are in part will be done away with. We don't see through a glass darkly. We're no, we'll know even as we're known of God. And at that point, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, they say it's the love chapter. It's not the love chapter. It's the charity chapter. Charity is not love. Charity is love based in doing the will of God. There's a big difference. I can love God. I can say I love him in word and in tongue, but not in deed and in truth. Charity is loving God, not just in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Obedience. Now, that's charity. I can say I love God all day long and do my will. Not doing the will of God. But Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you. We have to do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Then we'll be filled. So, what about this rapture? Well, there will be a rapture. We will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. We see that in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 on. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. That's the last trump. Not the seventh trumpet in Revelation, but the last trump. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. Paul states that. But then 
They thought the imminent return for Jesus was just any second, any hour, any day he could, he could be coming. So Paul thought it necessary and essential to write the second letter to the church at Thessalonica to make them understand the work of the ministry, what is going to happen in the last days, the latter days. And he says there in the first chapter, 2 Thessalonians 1, your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. He goes on and explains, we're bound to thank God for you in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Why? For that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation to them that have troubled or tribulationed you. Tribulation is trouble. And you what your trouble rest with us. When the Lord shall descend from heaven, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes, because our testimony among you was believed. What testimony? The testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. John tells us that in Revelation 19.10. But very few are heeding that. Very few understand that we are to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth so that we're not tossed to and fro by this last day seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It will be such a strong delusion in the last days that if it were possible, the very elect, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the true church, could be deceived. But for the elect's sake, the church, those days are shortened, not national Israel. That's another lie that is propagated to be the truth. And it is the doctrine of peace. So those that have an ear to hear, in the last days, the devil will come from a small people and shall deceive many by peace. Jesus said, you think that I come on earth, I come to send peace, but rather a sword. Now watch that sword. We know what that sword is, the word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. We see that sword right along with the cherubim of glory in Genesis 3.24. That's a capital C. That's the work of the ministry. That's Jesus in a capital C with a lion, man, ox, and eagle, his four faces, and God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessel. That's the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The first thing it is that we understand in the revelation of Jesus, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. He gives us the law of liberty to live by. And we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The very same image, not something less. We're not seeing through a glass darkly. We're seeing the perfect law of liberty in Christ Jesus. And that, with the cherubim, along with a flaming sword, is Jesus Christ. God manifest in the flesh. Work salvation in and of himself alone. Now, with that said, now we 
the body of Christ, in that Christ generation that he talked about, that this generation should not pass until all these things be fulfilled. All things, all truth. And when Jesus stated that in the four Gospels, he is that cherubim showing us the way, the truth, and the life, the capital C, to keep the way of the tree of life along with that, that flaming sword turning every which way. Well, Jesus is that line of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. He is that perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He is that perfect at ox in the gospel according to Luke. And he is the eagle according to the gospel of John. There's your line, man, ox, and eagle. Now we see the four faces of Jesus. But then we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Where do you see that? In Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 that we're made to sit together in heavenly places. Somebody said, see, there's the rapture. No, it's not. You say, well, they're the redeemed. Yes. We're made to set the heavenly, made to sit together in heavenly places right now. We see that in Ephesians 1, which when he set him, Jesus Christ, at his own right hand, what he brought to us were. That was for us, not for him. He is God, always has been God. You see that in Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh, I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's up. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set. S-E-T, not S-I-T. Not a positional uh, state of faith. But set. S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. Set down with my Father in his throne. Not around it, not beside it. In it, all power in heaven and earth given unto him. Well, this, this work of the ministry that we are to proclaim Jesus even to the end of the world, amen, through seals, trumpets, and vows, and we find in Revelation 13, the elect is still here. The saints of the living God, that is not national Israel. That's the church, the saints, called to be saints, those that are sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. These are the servants of God that have had in their forehead have been sealed. The servants of our God in their forehead. Revelation 7. That's the church of the living God. And the old devil, the servant of the scorpions, going to come down having great wrath. What? Knowing that he hath but a short time. He's kicked out of heaven with war in heaven with Michael. That great prince will stand it for the children of thy people. And that war in heaven and Michael cast the devil out. The old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, woe, woe, woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of those other three trumpets, the angels yet to sound. And then he says that woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth. Then it says, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. That's not the wrath of God. That's the wrath of Satan. The good news is that we in the body of Christ that have the testimony of Jesus and keep the commandments of God, we're the remnant of that church. That's your Revelation 12 man child. That's your Christ generation. That is the seed of Abraham that is counted for the seed of that generation in Matthew, the first chapter, 
the 42nd generation. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, was the 41st generation. The next generation is the Christ generation. That's not the former reign. That's not the former church in book of, the book of Acts. That's the last day church generation that will bring all truth in the full seed and bring all things as Jesus stated. When this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. Those things are the, not only the person of Jesus, but the work as well. So all this pre-trib that they think and are deceived by literally averts the work of God and the work of the ministry. Then we say, well, is it essential? Of course it is. And we see that, that in Paul talking to us in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter says that God himself, only he who not letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. That is not the Holy Ghost. That's the civil government of men. That's the governments of men. That's not the Holy Ghost. And then he says there, then that one, that wicked will, will be revealed who opposeth all that is God or is at his worship. Then he says that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his coming and the sword out of his mouth. That's the last day. Then he goes on and says, but the Lord himself will send strong delusion. God, not the devil. God will, because we refuse to not only know the person of Jesus, but his work as well in the revealing of Jesus in the seals, trumpets, and vials, which reveal his heart, the very heartstrings of God, the seven seals, and that work of the ministry that will be carried in and through the body of Christ. That's the work of the ministry we are all called for. But by these denominational teaching, through this tradition of the elders and made the word of God in an effect. And because of that, the Lord states there in Amos 9, verse 9, the Lord hath commanded and will sift all the house of Israel. There's a sifting going on among the nations. And not the least grain will fall to the ground. God will lose none of his that are in him. But watch the next verse. I'll destroy all the sinners of my people. Uh-oh. God said he will destroy the sinners of his people. Not the wicked, but the sinners of his people. The ones that miss that mark. Him the north that do good and doeth not. To him it is sin. And he said, I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword. You say that you won't have a sword. You're saying peace, pre-tribulation rapture. And that's what the queen of heaven said. I said a queen, Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, abominations of the world said, I said a queen, I am no widow and I will see no sorrow, no birth pangs, no tribulation, no persecution. And her message is peace. The Antichrist, by peace, will destroy many. And Jesus stated, you think I come to send peace, but rather a sword to set a man at variance. 
the father against the son, mother against the daughter, mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law, and a man's foes will be those of his own household, and then enemies. And this will be what you see in the church. Jesus forewarned us, John 16, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. The times comes, I'm going to deliver you up out of the synagogue. Cast your name out for evil. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. This will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know that Jesus is the Father. Mr. Babylon cannot wear the blue. She'll wear the scarlet called the, the Son of God in his blood. She'll wear the purple saying he's the King of kings and Lord of lords, but she will never wear the blue and confess Jesus is the Father. She can't wear the blue. And she will not. And because that is the Antichrist, denying that Jesus is the Christ. That's the Antichrist who's denied both the Father. There they did not. That Jesus the Christ is the Father. 1 John 2.22. So there is no pre-tribulation rapture. It's post-trib. And Jesus there is in the heavens until the times of the restitution of all things. We have that in Acts 3, 20 and 21. And then immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven. After, not before, not during, but after the tribulation of those days. What tribulation? Then it says, pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. And immediately after that tribulation, the great tribulation, shall the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven. He'll send his angels and gather together his elect. There's your rapture. So anyone that annuls that work, God said and stated very plainly in Amos 9 10, I'll destroy you by my sword to say, no evil, no trouble, no tribulation shall prevent nor overtake us. That's how serious it is. Let's don't be deceived. God is preparing his people now for the work of the ministry and those that diligently seek him, they will see the work and they will know him. That that's from the beginning. That's the Father's full of Those are the only ones that will be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. Well, write to me, Dennis Beard. Love to hear from you. Post Office Box 2906 Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. Don't be silent. Let us hear from you. The body of Christ is coming together. Let's come together. We must come together as in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of that Son of God as one body. And then, through those joints, bone coming to bone, us coming together in one mind, one accord, in the unity of the faith, then that joint will supply to the edifying of itself in love by simply you and I coming together, the body of Christ coming together into one. Just join us there at jcic.tv where we're streaming daily. We've changed it to 6 o'clock uh, there, Central Standard Time, at 6 p.m. daily, simply because we have at a time that the video uh, there in the streaming is locking up. So we think it's probably better after the business hours, so we're moving it to 6 p.m. there at jcic.tv. Also, dennisbeard.org. Visit us there, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. And until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.